0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins today.
2: And a swing and a miss and a change-up. That was masterful pitching from Jose Barrios. I know, they
1: know I got a great curveball, so they're looking for that That's when I wanted that breakable. Twins today is driven by the Maurer Auto Group. More than cars.
3: Hard to believe that was 15 years ago. Right? right. It's, it's, time flies, but uh, you know what? I'm in a new role and I'm enjoying it. Thanks,
4: Derek. Which thought am I? Did I make the top five?
1: Now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore.
4: Hello,
5: good morning, good to be with you, Twins fans. You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and I'm sitting out at Sweaty Target Field. It's a humid one, and it's warm for this special edition of the show, Independence Day, 4th of July, here. Uh, that We're getting ready for first pitch, Twins and Royals. Well, that's a couple hours away, but don't worry. We've got you covered with all kinds of Twins programming In the meantime, we're going to start with Twins today. We'll go from 10 to noon. I'll uh, give you the rundown here in a second. After this show, we're going to get inside Twins. That's with GM Thad Levine and Corey Provis. And, of course, the Adina Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury, all leading up to first pitch Twins and Royals. That's with Kenta Maeda and Brad Keller coming up a little bit later today. On this show, we're going to hear from Taylor Rogers in one of our mound visits. We're going to do a little radio revisit with that. We're going to do a mic check with uh, legendary Twins hurler Jim Cott joins the show a little bit later on before his uh, TV duties kick in for the day. We're going to hear from Voice of the St. Paul Saints on an exciting week of debuts. Sean Aronson joins the program to talk about, among other things, Jose Miranda and Josh Winder. And then we're also going to hear from a couple of uh, voices on the beat. We've got Royals writer Ann Rogers joins the show in the second half. And uh, we're going to close things up with Betsy Helfand of the St. Paul Pioneer Press, who covers the Twins. Uh, loaded show, loaded show, as, uh, as one reviewer called it yesterday. We've got a super fun show for you today. I think I heard that one on the radio. We start today's show with... Five thoughts. Five thoughts on the week that was in Twins baseball. If you listened to every single pitch, thank you. And we'll dive a little bit deeper here. If you checked out for the week, because it was a beautiful uh, sunny summer week in Minnesota, don't worry. We'll get you caught up here before first pitch. That's what five thoughts is all about. And we start with a story that you probably heard something about, even if you weren't paying attention to the Twins uh, this week, and that would be Josh Donaldson's sort of uh, mini feud with Lucas Giolito. Here's some interesting perspective on it from a recent Behind the Batting Cage segment with AJ Pruszynski.
1: Number one.
3: We need more of that. Personally, I think we need more of that. I like trash talking, as everyone knows. I like emotion, and I like people to be real. Listen, Donaldson said what he said, and Giolito said what he said, and then Apparently, Donaldson went and met him in the parking lot, and nothing came of it. Hey, listen, kudos to Josh Donaldson. Kudos to Giolito for standing up for himself. And then uh, I don't know why Ozzie Gian because you never want to pick a fight with Ozzie Gian because he'll always he'll always take you to the next level. So uh, that was probably where Donaldson went off the tracks a little bit. But other than that, you know, I like it. I, I think it's good for the game. I think it gets people talking about baseball, and that's what we need.
5: AJ Pruszynski likes trash talking? This is news to me when I heard it first, but there you have it, straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, The Josh Donaldson saga spilled over quite a bit this week. It was a strange note that he went and met him in the parking lot, I guess, because Giolito had said, uh, say it to my face instead of saying it through the media. So uh, that was interesting. As a a non-confrontational guy myself, not sure that I would have gone and met somebody in the parking lot over that little uh, tiff, but it was a big moment in baseball. Josh Donaldson, when we look back on this, is uh, for better or worse, whatever your perspective on this, however you come down on it, he's going to be one of the faces of the crackdown on sticky substances on pitchers' hands and, you know, getting an extra grip or, as some people are saying, an unfair advantage. Uh, We can talk all day about some of this sticky stuff and Uh, I've got some numbers and notes and things that we can run through. Um, I just wanted to start with Donaldson because he was story number one, two, and three for the Minnesota Twins this week.
1: Number two. Two 2-1 delivery. Swings at this one. Lifts a high drive. This
0: is well hit out into left field. It is out of here.
6: Unbelievable. Shohei Ohtani. He is on historic run right now another homer that is number 30 of the season that gives the angels the lead in the game 7 to 6 the score otani now 13 homers in his last 15 games and 13 of his last 19 hits have been home
5: runs you might be wondering why we're playing a clip of uh, the legend shohei otani on this twins Program well, it's because you just heard his 30th home run, 30 home runs, for uh, also a guy who throws 100 miles an hour, the best two-way player, uh, evoking comparisons to Babe Ruth. That's that's pretty good company to keep in baseball circles. Otani's been incredible this year. We could uh, we could do a whole five thought segment about him on his own, but I bring him up to bring up the fact that we are going to see run scoring increase. We're going to see home runs go up, and it's not just a factor of warm weather. Bear with me for some numbers here for a second. I was reading the Twitter account of Eno Saris, who covers baseball for The Athletic, and he shared some some findings on the changes of the baseball. He was working specifically, it looks like, with Max Bay on these, uh, on these findings. But We are talking about spin rate. We're talking about guys getting better uh, breaking stuff or better fastball at the top of the zone if that's their ploy, if that's their tactic. Um, Spin rate can help pitches be more effective, and that's what baseball is sort of cracking down on here midseason. Well, you might wonder how prevalent it is, and I'll cut to the chase on this one. Eno and Max apparently found that more than 60% of Pitchers have seen uh, spin rate drop after the leaked memo. I think that was June 10th, if I have that date correct. After the leaked memo, a uh, statistically significant drop in RPMs was found in more than 60% of pitchers. So, more than half the guys out there are seeing some kind of effect. I'm not saying everyone was cheating, even by the letter of the law, because we, it's important to point out that rosin was allowed. Sunscreen was allowed. And some of these guys were genuinely, I believe, using it as as a grip. Not as a performance enhancer, not as a spin ripper, not as a as a fastball enhancer at the top of the strike zone, but just I don't want this ball to slip away. I want to know where, I, I want to know with confidence that the baseball is going to go roundabout where I expect it to go rather than Uh, sailing off either the backstop or you don't want it sliding in, hitting a guy in the ribs. So anyway, the same findings found it was more like uh, 17% of people who had been using the sort of uh, spider tack, super glue level uh, spin enhancers have seen those rates decrease since that leaked memo. That again from the work of uh, Enoceros and Max Bay. So that's what we're talking about here. That's a, a lot of players impacted. I, I won't bore you with any more of the numbers, but I ran some uh, offensive study from basically just figuring out has the run scoring environment changed since this memo was leaked in it? And it has. it. The weather could be a part of it. I haven't uh, factored that into this analysis, but if you go on average here, we're looking at uh, a not insignificant difference of runs per plate appearances. Uh, That's 0.11 runs to 0.124. That doesn't sound like a lot, but you multiply that over thousands of plate appearances, and here we go. We're right in the middle of uh, the biggest
2: baseball story of the year.
1: Number three. It's tough. Uh, Anytime
2: you're doing, uh, you're making a roster move like this, especially with a veteran player, it's difficult on a personal level. I talked to Matt last night. He was understanding. I think he's looking forward to what comes next and where he can take his career. He's still ready to pitch and make adjustments and wants to keep going. And you know what? You never know how these things come full circle. So you never know where he's going to end up. You could look up and see him out there and doing a good job very soon. And so the roster move was made.
5: Matt Shoemaker DFA'd by the Twins this week. We don't know the end resolution, but the the short version of the story is he was uh, designated for release or assignment Um, If he clears waivers, if the Twins go that route, which they have seven days to do, so we'll find out in the middle of this week. Uh, Don't expect someone with an ERA like that to get claimed, but who knows? As Rocco said, you never know how these things are going to wind up. So anyway, what could happen is uh, if he clears waivers, the Twins could assign him to the minor leagues, but as a veteran, Shoemaker could reject that assignment, just become a free agent, or honestly what might just happen is the, the twins could just release shoemaker. I got to wondering how different this year would have been without this performance because he didn't see it coming the twins certainly didn't see that coming and their 522 uh, starters ERA if you'd just take, taken out uh, shoemaker's runs and in innings would have dropped a full half run down to 472 still not good and there's still other problems that we can get to but uh, the possible resolution to the Matt shoemaker, era in a twins
2: uniform which
5: brings us to this one actually
1: number four
2: anytime you're playing and you get some momentum going regardless of who's pitching i mean we've had games like this it is hard when you do get some momentum going and then give it back whether it be at the beginning of the game or really anytime but we haven't really been able to sustain that and we have given up those leads and it feels like we've given them up relatively quickly
5: Yep, twins keep giving up runs. That's Rocco Baldelli again talking about giving up leads. You know, you take a three run lead in the first inning, you gotta like your chances. Home or road, doesn't matter. And unfortunately, the twins have been giving those back all too often this year. Talk about the pitching really quickly here on thought number four. I'm looking at the innings leaders for the twins and the starting pitching leading board kinda kinda tells the story of the season for the twins. You got Brios at the top spot. He's got a three and a half ERA. Then Jay Happ, six oh nine ERA. Kenta Maeda, who goes today, five five six ERA. Michael Pineda's been good. Uh, he could be back relatively shortly with a three seven zero ERA. That's good. Moving on to number five on the innings list is Shoemaker at seven two eight. Again DFA'd by the Twins this week. Randy Dobnek, six two six. Bailey Ober five eight four. We'll just we'll stop there because that's the bulk of the innings for the Twins. And I I think it's pretty hard to escape the fact that that's the story. For the 2021 twins so far is starting pitching just hasn't gotten them has not prevented runs in the way that the twins would have expected coming into the year
1: number five
4: it was a big
3: series you know it was tough i guess well uh, they showed they definitely a better team than us you know they do um the little things better you know they pitch they, they hit clutch even we show a lot i mean you know, the first game was good and today we show i mean we we do, were supposed to do, you know, score against a really tough pitcher. This has been the case most of the year, you know, well, tough.
5: Tough indeed. That's the voice of Nelson Cruz. You can hear it in his voice there. Man, uh, swept by the White Sox, get one game uh, postponed. But uh, this season, I remember coming into the year, this was supposed to be the new big rivalry, the, the White Sox and Twins. And it's really, truly a shame that uh, the Twins, you see, you know, let's say the Twins just went like, halfway to expectation rather than completely uh, uh, off the rails like this. It would have been fun to see a little race here in the American League Central. The Twins are top dogs. White Sox trying to knock them off. I remember Tim Anderson of the White Sox saying in, uh, I think it was in spring training, about how you know we're way more athletic than them, kind of stoking the flame there. And this just look, looked like it was setting to be a fun rivalry, but you heard it there from Nelson Cruz. They showed they're a much better team than the Twins right now. The Twins against the White Sox won an 8 this year with a uh, big negative run differential. The Twins have scored 37, given up 76. That is a minus 39, or about four runs a game better than the Twins. Have been the White Sox this year. So that's uh, obviously a bummer. It's a shame. It would have been a fun rivalry to see. We've got uh, more coming up on this show. That's going to do it for Five Thoughts. If you want more uh, five thoughts, I do a column on that. You can follow me on Twitter at Derek Wetmore or Facebook.com/slash Derek Wetmore MLB. You'll you'll find the links for those columns. But we've got uh, plenty to get to in this show, so I got to get on with it. When we come back, we are going to hear a radio revisit from Taylor Rogers, and not too much after that, Twins legend Jim Cott joins us for a mic check before his TV duties start today. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars, on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, sitting here at a uh, sunny Target Field, warm, humid Target Field, on a special Independence Day, 4th of July edition of Twins Today. Uh, loaded show. If you didn't catch the last segment, you can always listen on Odyssey platforms here on uh, 830-WCCO. Just search that online. You'll find where to listen or check the podcast. Uh, TwinsBaseball.com slash podcast. You can get the link there as well. We are leading up to first pitch today, one ten between the Twins and Royals. Between this show and that, we are going to have... Inside Twins with GM Thad Levine and Corey Provis, and the Dino Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury. This portion of the show is a little radio revisit. It's getting us ready. We're going to talk with Jim Cott later. We're going to talk with the voice of the Saints, Sean Aronson. Also, Ann Rogers and Betsy Helfand join the show to talk about the Twins and the Royals. But now, a radio revisit with our mound visit with everybody's favorite left-handed reliever, Taylor Rogers and Chris Atterbury.
7: Holiday weekend for many. It is a work weekend for Taylor Rogers, and it's time for another mound visit as we visit with Taylor Rogers prior to the Twins kicking off this series in Kansas City at beautiful Kauffman Stadium. And I know it is hot. I know it is humid. Uh, I know that that is not unique to Kansas City, but there's a special sort of energy-sapping humidity that you can find on a hot day in Kansas City. Uh, Is that something that you and your teammates talk about or are aware of as you head into a series like this one?
8: Oh, yeah, we know we everybody knows coming in. It's going to be hot in Kansas City. Um, You know what else is they have really, I don't know what you want to call it. um, Dedicated fans to come sit in this type of weather and and watch a game. That's that's not easy. here in St. Louis. I I give a lot of those people a lot of credit for doing that.
7: The series in Chicago was not good. Uh, obviously, the result speaks for itself. You did not pitch in any of those ballgames. And I have to imagine as a reliever, when things aren't going well for your team in big spots, that has to be a helpless feeling knowing there's nothing you can do.
8: Yeah, it's tough. You know, you I just sit there and wait for the phone to ring. They tell me when to go in, and, and I go in. And, uh, yeah, when, when a series doesn't go well and you weren't able to help the team, um, you know, that stings a little bit. That's what I like. Part of what I like being about a reliever is you can come in and impact every series instead of just every five days. You can have an impact on every game, even if I'm just down there keeping the left handed pinch hitters on the bench. I'm still having an impact, Um, but that was tough uh, this week to uh, basically feel like you didn't really have an impact on the series.
7: Well, and most of the conversation around the series ends up being about parking lot confrontations and Ozzie Guillen's OPS and a a bunch of other stuff stemming from the first night, Giolito, going back and forth to Donaldson and back to Giolito and what t-shirts anybody's wearing. And I think a lot of people wonder, because we've heard from Josh and we've heard from Lucas, what it's like as a pitcher on Josh's team right now, because as this stuff starts swirling around and all the fingers are being pointed at all the pitchers, you're sitting in the same clubhouse there. Is that an odd spot to be in for you and your fellow pitchers? Or is that just Josh being Josh and you guys let him go?
8: It's a little bit of both, Chris. You know, um, we're still kind of getting to know Josh a little bit. I know uh, he's been here. This is his second year here. But, you know, last year with COVID, you don't really get to know people the way you really would in a normal year. So we're still trying to get to know him. Um, I think once we un- start to understand him a little better, you kind of understand what makes him tick. And I think that's what makes him good uh, is the way that he, that makes him tick. It's, it's a little different, sometimes controversial, but um, that's what makes him good. So we just have to re- realize and recognize that's his path to success. And, uh, you know, each guy has their own little path to success. Um, you just got to let them do that. If they're going to go out there and put their best effort on the field, that's all that you can really ask for. And, uh, you know, we're all adults in the room. We can uh, decide if we want to let stuff bother us or not. Uh, those are controllables, and, and that's that's all we can do.
7: I like that, controllables. And that's a word we're going to hear a lot here down the stretch because as you try to just find some success, find some wins, first against Kansas City today, then against Kansas City tomorrow, not start thinking bigger picture at this point. Controllables is a word I think that is probably one you're going to use a lot, especially, Taylor, moving towards a trade deadline where fans around the league over the course of the last decade, this is the time of year now where everybody just starts from scratch. If you're not in first place, it doesn't matter. Let's just just pick through the carcasses of the teams that aren't over 500. Your name's going to get bandied around. People say they don't listen or pay attention. Is it possible? And does that fall into the controllables category for you?
8: Certainly does fall into the controllable category. You know, I think when anytime um, you're coming off getting swept or you're coming off a bad stretch as a team or even personally as a bad stretch, you really have to simplify and knock it down to controllables. And a lot of times, I think when you get yourself into those spells, you start worrying about the things that you can't control. So you just have to take a step back and and reset, basically, unplug it, plug it back in and get right back to what you control and worry about all you control. It's human emotion to sometimes worry about that stuff and just know that that's okay. Uh, But just get back to uh, what you can do on the field. Be professional about it. That's, you know, I think, uh, you know, with the trade stuff happening, you know, I I get some stuff about, uh, you know, going to the Giants and everything. Well, how, you know, how cool is that? I, I mean, you can't even, I can't even describe how cool that would be. But what are the chances that actually happens? So I need to get down to what I can control. Right now, I'm a part of the Minnesota Twins. They're paying me to be a good reliever. And that's what I need to do.
7: Is that something you have to learn as the process of being a major leaguer? I mean, the first part is you have to have a lot of talent, a lot of luck, and stay healthy and get an opportunity, seize the opportunity then to stay in the major leagues. And then as you grow into a top-shelf major league player, is learning that whole compartmentalizing, is that part of it?
8: 100%. 100%. You know, I think, too, it's after a few years in the league, I think the fa- your family members, friends and family understand that you don't worry about that stuff early on in your career, all your family worries about it. Always. Oh, they probably tell you everything,
7: on. right? You probably hear exactly. it after every game.
8: Exactly. And then after a while, it kind of comes something where they're like, okay, this is the norm. You know, mom's worried that people are yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but now she gets it. So she can put that aside and, and just root for her sons. And, uh, you know, it's just part of the process, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> um, kind of maturing you know they say maturing as an adult it's the same deal maturing as a major leaguer and you always have to keep continuing to do that there's new problems every year but that's why you say you rely on veteran presence because they've been through the steps before and and that's why they're key to having clubhouses
7: And now you are a veteran presence for for this club. Uh, Great insight, man. I love that. Your mom getting mad at their yelling at her boys on Twitter. Let's talk (laughs) a little bit about uh, the power rankings this week. We were were struggling to find a good power rankings. And I think with the 4th of July holiday weekend, I was going to ask you about fireworks. But when you're a fifth generation firefighter, that's probably a bad question because no fireworks would probably be the best answer. And and even the question I'm going to ask you probably is not going to be answered the way that most people would. Uh, Most families have, fourth of july weekend traditions and whether it's a barbecue or it's a fireworks show or it's going to a lake here uh in the midwest uh what about the rogers family because i'm thinking that's probably a heavy work weekend for almost all of your relatives in the rogers family
8: yeah yeah heavy work weekend uh they love going to the firehouse on fourth of july uh that's that's where the action's at that's why they want to be there uh, and uh you know it doesn't help that you get time and a half pay um, on 4th of July. So that's another reason they were always there. Trying to pay for two boys to play baseball. I'm sure he had to go get some overtime, but uh, 4th of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, you know, they're always working the holidays. So we always just knew how to celebrate holidays either the day before or the day after. And then that's normal to us, you know, uh, just what we do, it's okay. Um, Santa Santa can come a day late. You know, uh, We're talking about mom. She can send Santa a message and have him come a day later.
5: <laughs> That's great. Great insight from uh, Taylor Rogers there on our mound visit, the radio revisit portion of Twins Today. This is Twins Today and we've got a uh, super-packed show today. That is what the critics are telling me anyways. Uh, Jim Cott will join us next. Uh, 25 years in the big leagues, 16 gold gloves to his name. Honestly, I just want to ask him if he ever used spider Tech. That's coming up next on Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group. More than cars, don't go anywhere. You are listening to News Talk 830
0: WCCO. Count remains. Two strikes on Don Zimmer. The Twins are leading 2-1. to one. Two out in the Senator ninth inning of a fast-moving ballgame. Pitch. Strike three! The Twins are on-
6: Cott with a great performance
0: here after a rocky start. So the Twins
5: win the pennant, 1965. You heard it there. Jim Cott uh, is our next. Go- You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, but my guest here, uh, man who needs no introduction around these parts, he is Twins legend Jim Cott. Mr. Cott, how you doing today?
6: I'm doing just fine. Nice warm, uh, nice warm day for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a uh, little warm uh, for. You know, Minnesota, I think. But, you know, it's so good to get back here. It'll be even better tomorrow with fans in the stands. But it's uh, good to get back here and get reconnected with the Twins and uh, see a little baseball, feel badly that they're not doing well. but And that clip there with Ray Scott, such great memories because I became very close friends with Don Zimmer. You know, Zim became the bench coach with the Yankees. And had he not played one more game, I think one or two, that would have been his last bat in the big leagues. He went over to Japan for a year, but uh, oh wow! He and I became uh, good buddies, and he was the strikeout victim for that uh, last out. So yeah, that was that was a memorable memorable day.
0: I saw a smile spread
5: across your face as you and I were sitting here listening yeah. to that clip. Can you still bring yourself back to that uh, mo- that feeling and that moment on the mound?
6: Oh no question. You know, it was in uh, you know in Washington D.C. where we you know, originated. That's yeah. where the Twins came from. But, And the Phillies the year before <clears throat> had blown a, I think they had a six or seven game lead with about nine to play, and they blew it. So we had a comfortable lead, but everywhere we went, hey, don't forget about what the Phillies did last year. Sure. So, You know, even though we had a comfortable lead, I don't think I slept much that night at all because <laughs> I thought – we only need to win one, but you don't want to get in a stretch where you lose one, you lose two, and then the demons sneak in. So, uh, And as Ray said there, a little rocky start. I gave up a run early, <clears throat> and Frank Willis, hit a sacrifice fly to knock in uh, the go-ahead run. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I kind of cruised through the last uh, four or five innings, which, you know, complete games, unfortunately, today. Don't happen because pitchers aren't trained that way. But it was special to you know to finish the job.
5: Yeah, I was going to say a rocky start, and you still finished what you started. Right, right.
6: Nowadays, a rocky start, you're done
5: after four. So yeah, they, it's they kind even of funny
6: to hear you say they even let me work through the lineup the third time, <laughs> <laughs> which they don't do anymore. Whose
5: <laughs> Who's arm do you have to twist to get that privilege? Yeah, right. uh, that's great. The voice you're listening to there, Twins fans, is uh, of course none other than Jim Cott on the mic check segment here. We just want to make sure all the cords are working before you do your TV with uh, Dick Bramer here on Bally Sports North today. Uh, fun to have you on the broadcasts and and uh, part of the, the TV crew. How many games do you do in a year?
6: Well, I do eight to ten for the MLB Network, yeah. and uh, I did a few two years ago for the Twins, and then with the pandemic, that was out. But, uh, uh, you know, there are several uh, former Twins who uh, Dave St. Peter and Drew bring in to do some games, so it was nice when kind of a spur of the moment they called and said would you like to come in and do uh, you know 10 games the entire homestand so truth be known and i've done a lot of network tv and i have great respect for for it but you know it's it's so much more enjoyable doing a following a local team doing a local broadcast okay you know you have a fan base that's interested in that team versus nationally you know i might say well uh you know, here's Gilberto Celestino. The national audience doesn't know him, but the Twins. So you're really talking to fans that are interested in, in the Twins, and uh, that's enjoyable. Of course, being back with Dick as we worked uh, Back in the early 90s together yeah. on Twins Broadcast.
5: Yeah, I remember. And you guys talked about that reunion the other day. And I, I would agree with him. He says that you haven't aged
6: a day since you uh, took well. that. <laughs> <laughs> my body begs to differ, but I,
5: I do my best. So uh, I said in the clip, in the in the opener we were talking about, of course, 25 years in the big leagues. Longevity, that's incredible uh, by today's standards, of course, even by then that's i mean that's an amazing accomplishment 16 gold gloves as well i i'm curious though the story of the day in major league baseball now is uh the sticky stuff the there's a difference in in my personal opinion between using the sunscreen rosin mix to get a little tack on your fingers and kind of work through that dust or mud that's on a on a baseball but then there are guys using this really really heavy duty stuff that that's what they're trying to get out of major league baseball spider tack they call it jim Did you ever use spider-tack in your uh, your big league career?
6: Never heard of Uh, spider-tack. You know, and I get a lot of mileage out of this story, which a lot of my friends get a kick out of. They always want me to tell it. But uh, Jim Honichick, a veteran umpire, came up behind the mound between innings, and he said, Lefty, I see what you're doing. You're putting a foreign substance on that ball. It's illegal. I said, Jim, it's not a foreign substance. It's made in North Carolina. (laughs) And it was the pine tar. You know, sure, when we sure. when we came out of the dugout, the first thing we did on a cold day in Minnesota is we grabbed the pine tar rag, which the hitters were yeah, allowed to use. And uh, I, you know, today's pitchers they should have consulted with me. I could show them. mean, you put a little slit in your glove, or you got ways you can hide it. So they just, you know, be like a little Michael, smarter. Michael Pineda got yeah. so <laughs> exposed with that. But everybody. And we didn't know anything about spin rate, but we wanted to be able to grip the ball out of defiance because we said, well, why can the hitters use it on the bat? Yeah. And we can't use it. Right. So now that when Josh came out kind of leading the charge against uh, the spin rate, which I was even talking to my good friend and former roommate, Phil Roof, this morning down in Paducah, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. He didn't realize that you know, like when you hear about a twenty four hundred RPM, twenty four revolutions per minute, nobody throws a ball that stays in the air for a minute. No, unlikely. So if it goes fifty five feet, it only rotates about fifteen times. So is that enough, the grip to to actually make that now they say with SpiderTech it is, but uh, no, I think the way to level the playing field and I emailed Commissioner Manfred, early in, in the spring when this came out. Hey, yeah. we want a level playing field. The pitchers are cheating. They have too much of an advantage. It's okay. Could they put a spray on the ball, which I believe they do in South Korea, uh, to give it a little tackiness just to grip? The balls today mm-hmm. are slicker and the seams are lower. Yep. And higher seams, you get a better grip. So here's my proposal, and I ran it past Rico Petroselli last week on an interview. Uh, I won't use anything additional to grip the ball, but you step in the batter's box with no helmet, no pine tar on the bat handle, no batting gloves with pine tar, no body armor, <laughs> and now here we go. You got a bat, I got a ball and a glove. Let's dance. You want to bring the mound back down to level or something, too, no, just to well, kind of start well, <laughs> leveling No, it? I want to bring it up back to 50, <laughs> you know. Go back and, to 1968. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that if they did something to the strike zone if yeah.
5: they hey, yeah You're you know
6: right. if, if they said mid-year if they came out and said you know what hitters are there's too many home runs there's too many of this we're going to expand the strike zone starting july 10th can you imagine <laughs> the outcry from the hitters <laughs>
2: get ready yeah oh my gosh but
6: now during the season sure which in a perfect world they would have said look we know what you guys are doing starting next year or starting in the spring yeah if they put a See, in, in in my case, we knew what we were doing, but there was no penalty. If I sure. knew then that I got caught using pine tar, it was going to be a 30 days or whatever. So it was kind of a joke. Yeah. Be- well. And and everybody, uh, I mean, additional things, we didn't really doctor the ball like our esteemed congressman, uh, the late Jim Bunning, you know, we had belts then. And, you know, he, he used his belt buckle to scratch it up. Whitey Ford had a a wedding ring, which he talks about in his book on his uh, ring finger of his glove hand. And, you know, sure. he would grub, and then Elston Howard would r- brush it up the shin guards. And there were all kinds of little ways that guys yeah. doctored up the ball. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I always thought a level playing field would be take all that stuff away from the hitter.
5: Yeah, I wonder if they do add some tack to the ball or something. Maybe a substance that you say, okay, this is fine. Pitchers, you can use this. They they got to figure something out, and I agree with you, Jim. Figuring it out midstream has caused all kinds of challenges yeah, right. that uh, baseball is going to have to You unpack.
6: can you can see it in the uh, in the pictures. I've noticed oh, yeah. just in the games oh, yeah. I've done that they go to their pants. They're not getting a, a good grip on the ball, slipping out.
5: Two will count. You need a you need a strike here. They'll go on something right, and then it's sails wide. Right, right. <laughs> well, what do you think's happening? Uh, we got to get to a break, but Jim, this was such a pleasure for me. Uh, thank you for stopping by Twins today.
6: My pleasure. Enjoyed it.
5: That's the voice of Jim Cott, obviously legendary Twins pitcher, 25 years in the big leagues, 16 gold gloves to his name. You can catch him on Bally Sports North of the broadcast this week, uh, including today's game, Twins and Royals, so tune in for that. That's it for this segment. When we come back, we are talking with Voice of the St. Paul Saints on an exciting week of debuts for the Twins AAA affiliate. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Twins today on News Talk 830-WCCO.
9: Drilled towards the gap in left center field. Well hit. This one's gone. How's that for a triple-A debut? Jose Miranda. In the air towards left field. Well hit. Miller going back. He's at the track. He's at the wall. It is gone. This is ridiculous. High fly
4: ball out towards left. Long run Miller on the track. Looking up. It's gone again. Three home runs for Jose Miranda. The kid knows how to celebrate a
5: birthday. This is ridiculous, and that kid does know how to celebrate a birthday. Exciting week of debuts for the uh, St. Paul Saints. And my guest on the show now is uh, two of those three voices you heard. He is Sean Aronson, the Vice President Director of Broadcasting and media relations with the St. Saint Paul Saints. Sean, thanks for making some time. How are you doing today?
9: Derek, I, I am great. Thank you very much for having me again. And uh, it's been quite a week uh, here in St. Paul with uh, the A debuts, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But it, it's really, it's been an exciting week out here.
5: Jose Miranda was the one we were talking about on that clip there. We can get into Josh Winder as well. But let's start with Miranda. Three homers on his debut, including a grand slam. Sean, uh, you were there to witness it. What was that like?
9: Uh, yeah, I think there were uh, a little over 7,000, 7,500 people that night, and about 20,000 are going to tell you that they were there. It was, <laughs> it, it was that special of a night. You don't, you don't get a debut like that uh, every day at the AAA level, and, of course, I'm sure you know, Jose would love to have that at, at the major league level at, at some point, but it really was. It was. I had heard so much about this kid uh, while he was performing at A, and you know, the, the bar was high for him. Uh, he not only cleared it, but, uh, he eclipsed it by many, many moons. And I I honestly didn't believe it. And I've told people this before he, he went five for five in his first five at bats, three homers, a a double, a single. And the the game was like three and a half hours long. And the fans stuck around to the end to see a sixth at bat. And this was my favorite part of the night. I've never seen this before. I'm not sure I'll ever see it again in his last at bat. He grounds into a double play. And the crowd gives him a standing ovation after he grounded into it. Just the appreciative nature of what they just watched and they gave him the standing, oh, after he grounded into a double play. It, it truly was remarkable to watch.
5: I love it. I really, I love hearing when fans are glued into the game, and that's always been my experience, Sean, when I go over to visit you guys in Lower Town there over in St. Paul. I, I also saw a clip online, Sean. Uh, you have interviewed Jose Miranda. That is something that I, a feather I do not have in my cap. <laughs> what is your uh, early impressions of the kid?
9: he's a great kid you, you know it's it's interesting to see some of these guys that are 23 24 come up from double a uh they're still young they're still wide-eyed they they still haven't gotten the uh, the media scrutiny from being in the in the big leagues yet uh they they kind of fly under the radar despite being you know high end prospects and so that they they do they have that youthful exuberance and they haven't been hardened by the game yet um uh, but he is just a, he's done every single interview asked of him and I even asked him, I said, look, how do you handle this where, you know, you're being bombarded in the 16th largest media market with all this? You, you probably have never gone through this before. Um, and, and he seems like a very level headed kid. He really does. Um, you know, I, I know people know the story, but I mean, if he ever wants to know what it's like to really be in the limelight, he can go ask a, whatever it happens to be a second cousin or whatever Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> you can just turn to him and find out what it's like to be in the spotlight every single day. Uh, but but he really is. He's such a down-to-earth kid uh, and and just has been so pleasant to be around. Lin-Manuel
5: uh, Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame, for those of yes. us who are uh, bigger on baseball than we are on musical theater.
9: <laughs> I, I would hope at this point people know who Lin-Manuel <laughs> Miranda is, but maybe you're right. I, I right. probably should have prefaced that. Well,
5: Sean, I live under a cultural rock, so I just like <laughs> to protect people who are in my uh, boat as well. Sean yeah. Aronson is the uh, vice president of the St. Saint Paul Saints, uh, director of broadcasting and media relations. Sean, I appreciate you um, joining us. we got a few minutes left here. Yeah. You guys have a a night game tonight, a Sunday night game. Celebrate this Independence Day, and I understand there are going to be some fireworks. What could fans look forward to there?
9: Yeah, it's, it's a big night. We we had the same, similar type of night last night. Uh, drew 8,600 out here. It's It's been great to have the fans back in the ballpark uh, at, at full capacity, and tonight more of the same. 6.05 start time, gates open up at 4.30. Uh, after the game, there'll be food trucks down on the field, and that kind of bridges the gap between the end of the game and the fireworks show, which is probably about 20 minutes or 25 minutes or so.
5: That's great. Uh, I also want to ask you about the uh, Cup Snake, because uh, speaking of people who are living under a uh, modern-day rock, what uh, what do we need to know about the recent world record set over in St. Paul?
9: 102 feet, my friend, 102 <laughs> feet, and it was, uh, it was quite uh, – uh, it was quite uh, the the night to witness. I mean, we had we had a big night that night. We had the the, the next Bachelorette, Michelle Young, was out here that night. Um, and a, a matter of fact, they they put her up in the booth with me. I mean, anytime I get to interview a, a very successful, intelligent, and beautiful woman, I take advantage of that. And she was she was amazing. She really was. She was just the kindest person. And, and then later on that night, 102 feet, the North American record for. Uh, largest cup snake and it was I've I'd only seen it once before I think it was at Wrigley like a couple weeks ago on television Uh, and then to witness it before my very eyes was was amazing to watch
5: I was not going to ask you a follow-up about the cup snake Sean because we've got prospects to talk about but did you say the North American record what that that piqued my curiosity
9: yeah 102 feet was officially the North American record I think the world record was at a cricket match in Australia uh there was somewhere between there aren't exact numbers but uh, everything i could find was sure. somewhere between 3 and 500 feet so um but uh, but yeah this was the north american record and uh we were, we were pretty proud of it i mean it went uh, started at the bottom of of a section went all the way up to the top and then curved around on the uh, on the concourse uh for a pretty good distance <laughs>
5: If you're looking for a, a photo of it, Twins fans, it's all over online. You can search Cup Snake and yeah. Saints, and I'm sure that you'll find it. Uh, yeah. It really was something else. It reminded me of the early days at uh, C.H.S. Field when there'd be the uh, uh, the dollar cups of beer out there on yeah. Thursday nights. And uh, yeah. I don't know if we ever built a Cup Snake, certainly not one like that. No. Um, but uh, impressive to see nonetheless. And and speaking of impressive, we yeah. opened with uh, Miranda and an, mm-hmm. a great debut. But Josh Winder also a great debut for the Saints as well. What have you seen from the pitcher in his debut at the A level?
9: Uh, you know, people in baseball use the word nasty a lot for, for pitchers that, that have stuff or filthy. that's mm. uh, describes Josh Winder, uh, another well-put-together kid uh, from uh, out of Virginia Military Institute, a uh, really polished kid. Uh, and he, I mean, look, Miranda set the bar, right? I mean, Miranda's bar was five for six with three homers, uh winder said i'll I'll match you and and maybe top you took a no hitter into the sixth inning uh (laughs) and gave up a little bloop single in the center like we were spoiled this week we were absolutely spoiled can i say something real quick Uh, look we're we're on the the home here the minnesota twins i know a lot of twins fans are tuning in i just want to say one thing trust the process I'll pull back on the reins. Everybody wants to call these guys. Anytime a guy does something big down here, everybody wants to call those guys up in a heartbeat. Like we, we see it on social media all the time. After Miranda went five or six, I'll call him up now. Winder has a no hitter through the sixth inning. Call him up. He deserves to be up here. Just trust the process, right? These kids still need to, they're 23 years old. Trust in the process. Let them kind of marinate down here. Let them go through the trials and tribulations of what it is to be through a season And if they continue to do this on a consistent basis, which I have no doubt that they will, they will eventually be up in the major leagues. And I know Twins fans don't want to hear patience. They're tired of hearing that it's been since 90. I get all that, but you cannot rush these kids up here. Just slow the roll a little bit and let them perform here first. And the great thing is you can come out here and watch them. Anytime that they're here in town, you can watch them. And you don't have to rush them up to the major leagues.
5: That's right. It's fun to see um, prospects over at St. Paul. I like it share this with you in the past sean i love going to games over there and uh now if you're a twins fan uh you can when the team's out of town or if it's a you know day game night game one of those things too you can do both that's the great i've laughed at this kind of like well you got this choice to make now it's like ah it depends how much you love baseball Uh, uh sean for those people who do love baseball and want to get out for the home game final home game of the homestand today against omaha best place that they can go to learn about that
9: Yeah, go to saintsbaseball.com. You'll have all the information there. Uh, You know, tickets, uh, our promotional schedule, uh, you know, information on, on our players, if you want to dig into that a little bit, but uh, saintsbaseball.com is, is the place to go. And we had 8,600 last night, which was the largest crowd uh, for this season. We expect it to be even larger tonight. Uh, It's been a great weekend out here and, uh, and then we're home uh, again, a week from, from Tuesday. So, uh, it, it's been a successful season. This team is playing well right now. They uh, have, have taken already the series against Omaha, which is one of the best teams in AAA uh, baseball right now. And uh, So this team's hot. This team is hot right now.
5: Love it. If you want to go see it, saintsbaseball.com, where you can go to learn all about that. Our guest has been Sean Aronson, the Saints Vice President, Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations. Sean, it was great catching up with you and always appreciate your time.
9: You too, thank you, and I look forward to being back on again.
5: Take care. Go Saints. That's the voice of Sean Aronson, as I mentioned, Saints VP, Director of Broadcasting Media Relations. And it was uh, really fun to hear about Jose Miranda, super fun to hear about uh, Josh Winder and uh, his nasty stuff. Boy, two fun uh, debuts this week for the St. Paul Saints. Um, what more can you say? The fact that uh, Cup Snake, the North American record, was not the most exciting news of the week. I, yeah, I think that says something about the week that the St. Paul Saints just had. we just had a fun first hour of uh, Twins today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars, of course. Getting to hear from Sean, always a treat. Sean breaking down the uh, St. Paul Saints for us and some of the latest debuts. Before that. Twins legend Jim Cott did his mic check here on Twins Today and we heard from Taylor Rogers in our radio revisit after five thoughts to start the show. But that's not all we have on Twins Today. Driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. When we come back, we are going to talk with Ann Rogers. She covers the Royals for MLB.com. We're going to hear the uh, opposing viewpoint and Coming up later on, we're also going to be giving away some twins tickets. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. 651 989 9226 is the number to bookmark. We'll close the show with Betsy Helfand of the Pioneer Press. Don't go anywhere. This is Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and you're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO.
1: Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. Once again, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore.
5: Yes, welcome back to the special Independence Day edition of Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. I'm sitting at Target Field right now where it is hot and sunny. And our guest for the next segment, I'm sure, will be no stranger to hot and sunny. She is Ann Rogers, covers the Royals uh, for MLB.com, and kind enough to join us here on Twins Today. And thanks for your time. Yeah, sure, anytime. The uh, weather in Kansas City, it looks sweltering on TV. Can you confirm? It is
10: pretty hot, although I will say we we just got back from a pretty long road trip, and it is way cooler uh, than it was when we left. So I suppose you have to, I mean, cooler meaning like 85 to 90 degrees. So (laughs) (laughs) you kind of have to take it as it comes. But yeah, it's uh, it's hot and sunny, but I suppose there's no better way to to celebrate the 4th of July than been sitting out at a baseball game
5: there you go there you go silver linings all around uh, and you're in your first year covering the royals for mlb.com and uh it's been kind of fun to keep up with your pieces on uh it's not a team that's probably going to the playoffs this year but sort of building a, a fun foundation uh, what's been your perspective on the beat as sort of what what i view as an outsider has been a season of sort of streaks for the royals it's been a good baseball team for a little while and then they'll snap off a long losing streak
10: yeah, it's certainly been uh, this, the streakiness has been um, kind of how this season has been defined for the Royals. Um, they've they've been really good. They've shown the things that they've wanted to show, and then they've uh, they've gone downhill. And they are just coming off a nine-game losing streak, uh, snapped out on Friday against the Twins. So it has been that way. Um, you know, they have they've had losing streaks of five to nine to eleven. So they've been kind of trying to ride that wave. Um, you know, snap out of it. See how long they can. They can ride uh, the winning and and then try not to let those losing streaks get get long. So it's kind of been an up and down season for them, but it, it is about development. It's also about making the turn towards contending again. So maybe this isn't the year, but the Royals certainly think that in the next few years, um, they, they can make that turn.
5: Yeah. it's Well, like I said, it's kind of fun to see them putting those pieces together. They've certainly got some interesting names. Um, surprising to hear you say some of the losing streaks, and they're still – I say still because uh, I've been following the Twins all year, but they're only 12 games under 500, and I think you hear those lengths of losing streaks and you think that's got to be the worst team in baseball. Um, not the case for the Royals, and not the least of the reasons for that has been Sal Perez. Uh, Perez, uh, obviously legendary catcher already in his major league career, uh, he's heading to the All Star Game again this year. That had to be fun for the Royals.
10: Yeah, he's been a huge piece, just just from his veteran presence, to his leadership, to his production on the field. I mean, he's he's so good uh, in the middle of the order. He 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 really carries this team along with Whitmerfield, um, you know, and Carlos Santana. They kind of um, really carry that top of the order. Um, and, and, and Salvi's right there in the middle of it. Um, he, he provides the theatrics. He, uh, he always has a smile on his face while playing. I think that's really what the Royals love about him. Um, uh, and he loves the Royals too. So it'll be fun to watch him in an all-star game again, um, starting it. And then the home run derby as well too. I think he's really excited about that kind of checking that uh, box off of his career, uh, bucket list.
5: Yeah. So a twin killer, no doubt. But if you're a neutral, uh, just a fun, fun player to watch. And clearly, as you just mentioned there, Anne, uh, has fun when he's playing the game. You can't get him off of a lineup card. And I want to ask you, too, about the Home Run Derby. Um, so I was looking at MLB.com this morning. Shohei Otani was the first to announce. But then we've also got Pete Alonso, Trevor Story, Trey Mancini, uh, probably Comeback Player of the Year in baseball, and now Sal Perez to fill five of the eight spots. Were you at all surprised to see him included in the Home Run Derby? Because – he got the Twins the other day, but I was a little bit, with all the power in the game, I was a little surprised to see a catcher in there.
10: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Um, he He's expressed his um, desire to do it a few times, so I think that, that really helped. And um, anytime you can get that that kind of player um, who just really loves to do this sort of stuff, um, I think that that's good for baseball. And so, you know, yeah, it's a little surprising to see him catching or, you know, to see, him, to see a catch come in uh, for the home run derby but you know he he's been very clear he wants to play all 162 games he feels fresh um he'll he'll take his days off as dh but he's he wants to be in there Um, he wants to to, you know, kind of put the Royals back on the map here, and uh, there's no better way to do that on the big stage than the home run derby. So he's excited, and the Royals are excited for him.
5: I love that. That's, that's really cool to hear, the, the kind of juice that he's bringing, even in July of a, of a long summer in Kansas City. Uh, the voice you're hearing is Ann Rogers. She covers the Royals for MLB.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Ann underscore, underscore. Rogers important to get the second one there Um, and I I sincerely appreciate you you joining with us and I see that there are only five spots filled for the uh, home run derby so I'm gonna try to petition to get uh, Nelson Cruz involved in that as sort of a lifetime achievement home run hitter Uh, I don't know what strings you can pull with MLB.com but we'd appreciate any help
10: that would that would certainly be fun. Hey, anytime you can get some some big time hitters at Coors Field, like let them have it. Let that's going to be really fun.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let me ask you one final as as we uh, let you go here though. Uh, w- you know, Whit Merrifield. Uh, they've got the shortstop prospect is Bobby Witt Jr. Um, just kind of a a fun. I mentioned earlier core of Royals players. They are 12 games under 500 this year, but you can see from afar. How you could kind of start to see a team? Well, you know, once Mondesi gets back from his injury, there's a there's a talented team there from your perspective. And where are the Royals in tracking in terms of their sort of rebuild? Uh, they're they're likely not going to win the American League Central this year, nor are the Twins. But how far away do you think the Kansas City Royals are from contending?
10: I think think they're making that that turn towards doing it again, and it's going to be about development of their pitchers. Um, You know, they had that really strong 2018 draft class uh, with a lot of college pitchers, and they're beginning to to make their debuts. You've got Brady Singer uh, cemented in the rotation, and he's developing at the the big league level, and he's got a few guys uh, at the triple league level, um, so A level. So it's it's just about um, making sure that those guys develop along, and then when those guys are able to establish themselves in the rotation. The Royals are going to have just more of a more of a complete team. You've got you, you mentioned Whitmerfield, you mentioned Bobby Witt Jr., Mondesi if he stays healthy, you've got, got Salvador Perez behind behind the plate. So I think it's 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 coming along. Um, it is going to be about continuing that development. But I do think that in the next few years, you're going to see the Royals make a push here. Um, as, as long as you know they're able to make the right moves, continue that development, and, and make sure that these guys are establishing themselves at the big league level. But the future is really bright, and you're starting to see the future um, kind of make make its way up uh, with you know with whether it's in Triple A or making it to the big league. So that hope and that optimism is, is certainly pretty high here, um, and it's just about just about getting there uh, in, in these next few years.
5: Love it. That's great. Uh, Ann Rogers, our guest, she covers the Royals for MLB.com and. I uh, sincerely appreciate you taking the time on this Independence Day and uh, enjoy a ball game out there. Sure
10: thing. Thanks Thanks for having me.
5: Yeah, you got it. See you on down the line. Uh, that is Ann Rogers. She covers the Royals, as I mentioned, for MLB.com. Follow her on Twitter at Ann underscore underscore uh, Pretty fun to hear about the uh, developing Royals. Like I said, I know they're not going to win it this year, uh, but they went through after their World Series years a, a little bit of a teardown and... Uh, they might be starting to come back. We'll have to see what this trade deadline holds for them. That's the other thing I wanted to ask her about, but we are up against a break. I'm I'm, I'm fascinated to see it, though, honestly, because they have some good players, but they also would have some valuable assets if teams came a-call-in. Uh, I know a team sort of like that as well. That's our uh, op- opposing viewpoint, I guess you'd call it, on this Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group more than cars. Uh, when Coming up, In a minute, we are going to talk with, uh, well, we're going to get some perspective from the Twins ticket office uh, about everything going on here for the grand reopening week at Target Field, 100% capacity starting tomorrow, Twins and White Sox. uh, This is a a special edition of the Twins Today program, a 4th of July Independence Day edition. And don't, don't forget... After this show, because we're done at noon here on the air, but coming up all across our network, we've got Inside Twins with GM Thad Levine and Corey Provis, and then the Edina Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury, all leading up to first pitch with the Twins and Royals coming up here. But this break that we've got, you're going to want to listen to it. I'll leave it at that. I'll say if you're interested in tickets, this might be the one, and uh, trading the phone lines out here, we've got Jeremy, as we do every week on Twins Today, joining us to talk about what they've got going on at the Mauer Auto Group. Jeremy, how's it going today?
0: It's going great. It's 4th of July. Can't get any better than this.
5: Yeah, happy 4th to you. I hope you uh, get a little down weekend here to celebrate with some family.
0: Oh, yeah. The, like You know, we always talk about the Mauer Auto Group and more than cars and more than this. Well, they... they I've never heard of this in the car industry before, but they gave us yesterday off. So we've we've all, the whole entire company got to spend the 4th of July weekend with their family. So it's been a great weekend.
5: I'm glad to hear that, Jeremy. And I'm curious, we're going to get into a special giveaway you told me about here. But first, I want to know, what's the latest? What's new at the Maurer Auto
2: Group here in July?
0: What's new at Maurer Auto Group this July is we're getting inventory. Over this past week, we just keep seeing truckload after truckload after truckload come in. A lot of them are pre-sold, so if you're driving by and you say, gosh, it doesn't look like they're getting any cars, we are. We're getting more cars than anybody else around town, and we have the trucks, we have the Tahoes, we have the Suburbans. We've got so much coming in. Just stay tuned. You keep coming to us, we'll keep selling you the cars, and we'll keep getting them for you.
8: I was going to ask you,
0: that's been a challenge uh, industry-wide. It has been a challenge. We... We joke about it at the store because, I mean, what else can we do about it? But, I mean, between our two stores, we started out with, you know, seven or 15 cars this month, and we ended up selling almost 200. <laughs> so when you, when you do that math, it doesn't seem to make sense, but that's how we do it. We're, we're selling what's coming in, we're getting it in for you, and we're delivering on our promises.
5: Mauer Auto Group is pitching in to give away those 10,000 baby blue jerseys to Twins fans this week as part of reopening week, as we're calling it. Uh, the baby blues are going to be a hit, but Jeremy, you guys have uh, even more up your sleeves.
0: Yeah, we thought you know it's going to be a sea of baby blue, so it'll be fun just to see it. And we're going to give away five four packs of tickets, so that's going to be twenty fans are going to get to go to that game at no charge and just be part of. It's going to be a it's going to be a neat thing to see.
5: That is courtesy of the Maurer Auto Group, and we'll give away those tickets right here on this show on Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group more than cars jeremy if it's all right with you uh producer and i were talking about lining up some callers for the 11:30 segment give us a call 651-989-9226 is how you can call twins today uh question or comment on the minnesota twins and we're going to send you to the twins game courtesy of the mauer auto group
0: i've been to so many of these they have so many fun promotions going on all summer long and uh this is this is going to be a neat one this is going to be fun
5: looking forward to it and we're looking forward to giving away some of those tickets courtesy of the mauer auto group jeremy thank you as always for the mauer auto group support and thank you for your time today happy fourth to you sir
0: yep happy fourth everybody have a safe and happy fourth of july from the mauer auto group all right
5: welcome back to twins today driven by the mauer auto group more than cars i'm your host derek wetmore And delighted to be joined by the Senior Director of Ticket Service and Retention for the Minnesota Twins. He is Eric Hudson. Eric, thanks for making some time for us today.
4: Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, me
5: too. Because it signifies the reopening of 100% capacity at Target Field. You guys have got to be pretty excited about this rollout in reopening week, as we're calling it.
4: Yeah, we're really excited here down at the ballpark. Uh, you know, it's been a long, um, you know, 16 months, and and now to get back to full capacity here um, at Target Field, uh, our offices are jumping. We can't wait to see the fans back. Um, we've got some pretty cool things going on at the ballpark. Um, you know, on July 5th, um, celebrating the reopening. Um, so we're really looking forward to it.
5: Us too. And you uh, mentioned some of the special things at the ballpark. I've heard whispers. I've heard snippets and stuff. Can you overview for Twins fans? Listening to this right now, what kinds of things can we look forward to this week for reopening?
4: The main thing on July 5th with the uh, White Sox is that we will have an all-you-can-eat component um, for all fans. You know, typically, we have that in specific seating areas. But on July 5th, it'll be throughout the, throughout the ballpark. Um, of course, there'll be a specific menu items, and we'll still have some of our paid Items available, but um, your standard ballpark fare. will have an all-you-can-eat component just to say thank you uh, for all the fans that have stuck with us through this time frame, and welcome back to Target Field
5: we had chef kurt on the show last week and he was telling us about some of the uh the opportunities there our, our first question are you going to dig in on any of this all you can eat but second question what can twins fans look forward to what kinds of foods
4: well first the, the answer to your first question is that i've got kids so of course <laughs> kids are going to dig in we'll probably you know the hudson family will do its fair share of damage i guess with the with the all you can eat component but looking at your hot dogs and popcorn and soda and those types of things, your standard ballpark fairy peanuts and that type of stuff that uh, are, are going to be uh, you know, available from an all-you-can-eat component.
5: Love it. That's great. I love that the Hudson, uh, the whole crew is going to come and uh, do some damage at Target Field. Uh, his voice is, that's Eric Hudson. He's the Senior Director of Ticket Service and Retention for the Minnesota Twins. We're talking about all things reopening week here at Target Field just after the 4th of July. And one of those things that's coming back at target field this year after uh, obviously on pause in 2020 the twins pass pretty popular in 2019 i remember for fans who maybe don't remember or might be interested in sort of a it's it's almost a season ticket pass-esque but i guess if you could overline the differences there for me eric
4: yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great package and it's designed to promote uh, to promote complete flexibility in coming down to the ballpark. And for $59 a month, you've got access to attend every uh, every Twins game for $59 per month. So in a sense, it, it's similar to a season ticket package. Um, the difference is that this is in our standing room area, so there isn't a seat associated with that. This provides you access uh, to the ballpark, but for $59 a month, you can come on down see some great Twins baseball. And it'll go on from here to the end of
5: the season. And you mentioned that it doesn't come with a seat, but I know a lot of people just kind of like to wander around the ballpark anyways. Can they still get into some of the, Oh, say the, the bar out in left field or the new truly on deck in right field, are people still able to get to those with the twins pass?
4: Yeah, of course, Derek. And thanks for thanks for just bringing that up is that that's the beauty of this package. You still have access to all of the areas, the, the hangout areas, I guess, that I like to call them that, that have made uh, Target Field so popular. Have your food and drink there and still have access to seeing uh, Twins in, in Major League Baseball.
5: That's 14 games in July. So Twins fans, you can do the math on that if you'd like to uh, for 59 bucks. That's, that's tough to beat. Um, I'm curious though, about, uh, Eric, about people who might want to come with their group. You and I were talking offline a little bit about some of the suite packages that you still have available at Target Field. What are the options remaining, I guess, not only for 2021, but then does that impact next year as well?
4: Yeah, we've got, you know, we've got our, our still our premier suites are, are available. Um, it's a great way to, to come on out with family and friends, visit Target Field, um, you have access to your own course, uh, personal area for you and your guests. And as we open up back to 100%, um, those suite capacities will go back to 100%. They start as low as 16 people. So it's a great opportunity to get some food and beverage and have your own sort of private area to enjoy the game. Um, we've also got um, suite and party areas for groups larger than that, but you know, we're pretty excited to get all of those back open and, and available for fans to come out and see. In addition to our suites, we also have our normal group areas and discounts um, that we have on group tickets of group sizes larger than 25. It's a great way to sort of do the things that, that we enjoy about Minnesota and get a group of people and come on down uh, and cheer the twins on as, as we have those, as you said, Derek, those 14 games in, in July. So we've got a pretty strong schedule, you know, some great weekend dates. If you're interested in, in, in calling in, we, we'd have you call, you know, 612-375-7454. And one of our representatives will help you out.
5: Could you give that number one more time, Eric? And I'm also curious a uh, website, the quickest way that people can get that online.
4: Yeah, it's uh, 612-375-7454. You can also visit us at twinsbaseball.com and click on the tickets icon and we have all of our opportunities that are available. Twins Pass, um, our group opportunities, our premium seating, all that stuff is available. Um, and you also, we also have a chat functionality on our website. So you can also reach one of our representatives via chat and we can answer any questions.
5: Love it. Uh once you were able to open target field back up, it was in a limited capacity. And I know that the Minnesota Twins made a strategic decision or being very mindful about slowly reopening so that they could do it safely. As we now scale to 100%, um, I'm reminded of those season ticket holders who were able to take advantage of some of those early tickets in 2021. Is that, does that carry forward, I guess, is my question. If If you get in line now, is there any kind of priority, I suppose, that you can carry going forward?
4: Yeah, I mean, if you got in line in one of our season ticket packages, the the uh, locations that, that you would be uh, available for you now would carry over to 2022 and and however long you maintain uh, being a season ticket holder with us. We've got some great opportunities, too. One, which is our relocation opportunity, which allows our, our season ticket holders once a year a chance to go in and look at any other additional inventory that might fit their needs that they mm-hmm. may their tickets to in order to to get the the best seat that fits them the goal from us and our staff is 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 to make sure that our season ticket holders get into a seating area that they're comfortable with and that they like um, which may not be at the start but hopefully as you continue to stay with us you get rewarded for doing that so yeah starting establishing your priority allows you to get best seats at the best price and you know, establish that relationship.
5: I remember my first year at Target Field. I really liked standing out in center field and just looking over everything. I felt like I could see kind of the whole park. I could see everything going on. You have a favorite spot at Target Field,
4: Eric? Yeah, I do. And it's a little bit different. Actually, I like down the lines. I, my, actually, my favorite spot is where you are where you said it is. I actually like center field, and I actually like up at, by the Minion Paul sign because you're right. You can see over everything. It feels like this big, huge ballpark. and. <laughs> The the difficulty with that is that you kind of have to turn your head and look at the scoreboard. So uh, I also like being down the lines there, where I can come out with our our ticket sales and service booth at 102, and uh, we've got we've opened up some standing room area there to to allow for a better flow and space. You can kind of walk out there, and I'm I'm right down the right field line there, and I can see the the pitch, and I can see the scoreboard, and I can turn around, and I can look into downtown, and it's just such a great feel.
5: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that little addition there. Uh, that's the voice of Eric Hudson, Senior Director of Ticket Service and Retention for the Twins. The phone number 612-375-7454 or just go to twinsbaseball.com. You'll find the tickets tab. Uh, Eric, I really appreciated uh, getting to chat with you a little bit here and happy reopening week to you, sir.
4: Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me on. You have a great weekend. We'll, look, we'll see you guys on Monday.
5: Sounds great. Don't go anywhere twins fans you are listening to twins today driven by the mauer auto group more than cars back after this with more baseball on news talk 830 wcco welcome back twins today driven by the mauer auto group i'm your host derek wetmore i'm sitting at sunny target field they're kind of getting it ready for an upcoming home stand a home stand that will feature 100 percent capacity mind you, at Target Field, or at least the uh, possibility of it. Um, We are waiting around. We are going to hear from Betsy Helfand, who is in Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium covering the Twins. We're going to hear from her uh, in mere moments, we believe. We're hoping to grab her by the end of the show, but of course she's got duties for the St. Paul Pioneer Press to take care of. Uh, Before we do that, let's take some calls. I mentioned in the Maurer Auto Group break there, Uh, Again, Twins today driven by the Maurer Auto Group that uh, they're going to send some people to the Twins game. We're going to give away 20 tickets here to the Minnesota Twins game on July 9th, that versus the Detroit Tigers. And just a little bonus, the Maurer Auto Group is also giving away Baby Blue Twins replica jerseys for that game. So if you are one of the lucky, oh, 10,000 fans or so that are gonna uh, line up outside Target Field, I'm sure it's a pretty sweet giveaway. If I'm being honest, uh, 10,000 the first 10,000 fans are gonna get those baby blues, courtesy of the Mauer Auto Group. Of course, our friends on the show here on Twins Today. So uh, while we wait for Betsy, I have been wanting to hear from Twins fans all morning. And we've got a couple people lined up, it looks like. Uh, so you can call 651 is what Jeff in Burnsville did. Uh, Jeff, thank you for calling Twins today.
3: Hi, Derek. Um, I guess the question is Miguel Ceno, um, What do you see for him in the future? Right now he's just uh, playing just part-time. Do you see him being a full-time player next year, DH, uh, or what do you think?
5: Yeah, it's a good question, uh, Jeff, and uh, I appreciate you calling in. Jeff, why don't you hang on the line, too, because our producer is going to make sure that you get that uh, uh, four-pack of Twins tickets for the July 9th game. And uh, Miguel no question came up last week, and it's still – it's not – it's not an easy answer. I, I don't personally think it's an easy path forward for the Twins. Um, firstly, because he's got the contract. It's, you know, it's it's locked in. It's guaranteed. So the Twins um, have no um, incentive to run away from this project. But make no mistake, it is a project. Uh, too much swing and miss in his game, and now he's kind of a platoon bat, as you just mentioned, Jeff. Uh, the, the weird thing about it is with Alex Kirilov, Stealing kind of the lion's share of playing time at first base, and, and rightfully so, Kirilov can sting the ball and looks like he uh, holds up well at first base. Um, but Sano's playing against some lefties, and that just has not gone well for him at all this year. Uh, the plan, I guess, is stay the course. He's got to play his way out of it in a part-time role. Uh, you love the power. I love the fact that he could go out to right center. Uh, Watch him in batting practice, and you see some of the just incredible power display. But, of course, batting practice is uh, not a big league game. So the strikeouts are are too much, and there was a big game in that way this week. Um, Jeff, I don't know, kind of talked around the answer to your question, but I think the only thing the Twins can do, stay the course and and hope there's another hot stretch hiding right around the corner. That'd be be a good pick-me-up for this team, and it gets a no in the lineup a little bit more. Uh, We've got some more callers. Lined up here on Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. The Mauer Auto Group wants to send you to the Twins game July 9th versus the Tigers. Phone number 651-989-9226. You can call me and get on the show. I want your thoughts, your opinions on the Twins, just like I do uh, Mary in New Brighton. Mary, I appreciate you calling the show. What's on your mind today?
11: Uh, hi. Um, I was just calling because I was wondering when Brian Buxton will be coming back.
5: Hmm. Good question. Um, Mary, uh, I will answer that in a second, but first I want to let you know, hang on the line here. Our producer is going to make sure that you get that four-pack of Twins tickets to the July 9th game. Uh, Buxton's return, uh, your guess is as good as mine, I think, Mary. I, I don't know that I have a better answer for you. Just a, a very disappointing injury when he gets hit in the hand shortly, shortly after his return from the lengthy hip rehab he's got a boxer's fracture i believe it's in that left hand and uh, the initial prognosis that i had heard it was going to be weeks you know not days just like they had said uh, with his previous injury um four to six weeks is what i think when i hear that i will keep you updated on this show as we learn more about byron buxton of course but uh, i i don't think his return to the lineup is uh is imminent by any means and remember the last time too even when he was uh, deemed healthy enough to go out on a rehab and we thought hey buxton's coming back it could be this week i remember saying on this show that buxton's return uh must be right around the corner if he's putting on a st Saint paul saints uniform just head on across the river and put on that twins uniform and it instead of being any day now it was uh it was a while after that they really wanted to make sure that he was a hundred percent before he was in the twins lineup um I'm at target field. All I can say is haven't seen him doing the uh, baseball activity today, typically with a, a fracture in your hand. That's going to, A, set you back to get on the field, and then, B, once you do start swinging a bat, uh, you look to see, hey, is this affecting you? How is this impacting your swing? Is there pain in your swing? Can you do the things defensively that you need to do? Uh, kind of a long-winded answer, Mary, but I, I hope I answered your question there, and I hope you have fun at that July 9th Twins game. Mauer Auto Group wants to give uh, you tickets. I see a couple more on the line here, and uh, we'll we'll go to those if you do want to get your calls in for me or for Betsy Helfand, who we're hoping joins the show uh, pretty soon. You can call 651-989-9226. That's how you can join Twins Today, just like uh, John and Eden Prairie did. John, uh, first, I appreciate you calling Twins Today, and uh, what's on your mind today, sir?
3: I just want to thank the uh, Mauer Auto Group and uh, don't count them out. Fans back in the stadium, that
8: uh, make a run.
5: Love it. I love the optimism, John. When you uh, when you do come out to Target Field, what is your what's your favorite part about the experience? If you don't mind my asking.
1: I uh, just having my kids out there at the game.
5: Nice. Are, if if we're giving you these tickets, are you bringing your kids to Target Field? I will be. Love it that's that's great to hear john hang on the line uh we'll make sure the the producer hooks you up with the four pack of tickets there and uh man have fun with your kids that should be that should be a a fun one at target field i appreciate john calling and we're going to keep rolling here with callers because we got some more tickets to give away darren in wilmer has a question or comment about the minnesota twins uh darren what's going on thanks for calling twins today
3: Hey, Derek, uh, nice show here. I always uh, enjoy listening to you every uh, Sunday morning. Thank so, you. And, uh, the qu- question I have, uh, Derek, is uh, when are the uh, TV announcing crews and the radio announcing crews, when are they going to be allowed to travel with the team? Um, you know, it, it's just a little bit different. It would be a lot nicer to have them on site, if you know what I mean.
5: Yes, I, I absolutely know what you mean, uh, Darren. Um kind of in a tough spot here because i don't know the answer to that question uh i wish i did but are you uh you a long-time twins fan you catch games on tv or radio which is which is uh how do you take them in
3: well I, probably about 50 50 both oh, okay. ways depending on where i am with work and stuff like that yeah. but uh yeah i mean i've been 40 plus years here been a fan of the twins so love it and you know and stuff so um, so yeah. i hope they hope to see them back on site as soon as we can because uh, it's just uh better that way and i know it makes the job easier for those guys too
5: yeah darren oh sure appreciate you calling in and appreciate you following uh hang on the line here if you don't mind uh we'll make sure the producer can set you up with a four pack of twins tickets to, uh, to get on out to target field on july 9th versus the tigers um i've got one more to give away And I I don't see a caller on the line. So if you want to call in, there's one left, 651-989-9226. That's how uh, you can get in. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a break because I've just gotten word that Betsy Helfand of the Pioneer Press is going to join the show. She's at Kauffman Stadium covering Twins and Royals. And we'll hear from Betsy. And I got, I want I want to give away one more pack of Twins tickets. 651-989-9226 is the number you can call to reach me for that. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Twins today. Driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and I'm sitting at Target Field. I've got a guest coming up who I'll introduce in a second. She's sitting at Kauffman Stadium. She covers the Minnesota Twins for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And, um, Betsy, I didn't tell you this on the text, but uh, we're going to give away some Twins tickets to start the show. So uh, without further ado, let's welcome Betsy Helfand into the conversation. Betsy, thanks for joining us today.
11: Hey, Derek, it's great to be talking to you.
5: You are at Target, I'm sorry, you're at Kauffman Stadium. I'm at Target Field. I don't know which one of us has a higher temperature or relative humidity right now, but they got to be close.
11: Oh my God, it is very hot here. <laughs> I am, huh? Definitely sweating. It's very humid, too.
5: All right. Well, you and me both. Uh, happy Fourth of July to you. Yeah, I'm actually you. You probably know this about me, but I might be the only one in the press box capable of getting a sunburn sitting in the shade here at Target Field. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll try to stay safe out there. And Betsy, we're going to give away a couple of Twins tickets. So I don't know what the first question is going to be, but uh, let's go to let's go to Pauline in North Mankato. She called into Twins today and wants to win Twins tickets to the July 9th game versus the Tigers. Pauline, thanks for hanging with us. What's your question today?
11: You know, my question is about pitcher um, Smeltzer, when he'll be back or how he's doing.
5: Love it. That's a great question. Uh, Pauline, why don't you hang on the line, make sure that uh, our producer can get you a uh, four-pack of Twins tickets to that July 9th game. And I'm actually going to defer on this one because Betsy covers the team closer than anybody. Betsy, what have you heard uh, the latest? Uh, Devin Smelzer pitched a little bit, and then we haven't really heard from him since.
11: Yeah, it sounded like, so Rocco said a couple days ago, it sounded like he suffered a little setback uh, with his back, and Rocco had indicated um, that it doesn't sound like he's going to be back soon. Um, mm. He's down in Florida, um, and he was originally there uh, for the elbow, kind of finishing up his rehab, which sounded like it was you know, getting a little bit closer to a return, suffered a setback, um, has a back issue now, um, it sounded like. I don't know, you know, an exact timetable, but it sounded like it would keep them out um, for for quite some time, and it's it's tough because you know, at the beginning of the season, we were going into it talking about you know Smelter, Jobnack, and Thorpe, um, you know, being depth options, and all of them are injured right now. Hmm.
5: Yeah, you're right. I I that's too bad for Smelter. I. Um, You know, hope that he can come back soon. But as Betsy indicates, they're uh, possibly not in the immediate future. Tell you what, uh, listeners, Twins fans, uh, caller Darren from the last segment who had won tickets, he generously gifted them back. To the pool. So, we do have one more four pack of tickets to give away. 651 989 9226 is how you can win those. Call in and you can either ask me a question, you can ask it uh, directly to Betsy. She knows more about this stuff than I do anyway. So, call in 651 989 9226 and we'll get your question or comment on Twins today. Uh, But, Betsy, since I don't see someone uh, currently on the line this second, I'm going to sneak in a question for you and that is uh, Josh Donaldson. He left the game yesterday, and I think if you're a Twins fan and you turn the TV off then, you think he could be down for a while. But I listened to Rocco Baldelli after the game, Betsy. It didn't sound uh, like it was as seriously uh, seriously hurt as we had maybe feared. What's the latest with Donaldson?
11: Yeah, I think there was kind of you watched it, and it looked you know, pretty similar to what he went through on opening day where there was kind of a little hitch in his gait when he's running. He gets the second um, – he doesn't slide. You can tell kind of something's up. Yeah. Um, he felt tightness in his hamstring. Um, but Rocco said yesterday, and Rocco said, again, this morning, it doesn't
8: necessarily
11: seem like something uh, that they think is going to keep him out for too long. So they'll probably – he's not playing today, They'll use today, probably, you know, tomorrow again to evaluate and then uh, kind of see where he's at, see if he can get back on the field. But, you know, like it does not sound as bad as as it might have looked, you know, initially kind of watching
0: it.
5: Yeah, which is good news because I think we both remember the game in Milwaukee when he goes and he rounds his first first plate appearance of the season. He strokes a double and you see him kind of jump hop around first base and uh, we know that put him on the shelf for a while so that's good news to hear betsy appreciate your first-hand insight on that and uh, i mentioned uh, before that we are going to give away one more pack of tickets for reopening week here at target field getting back to a 100 percent capacity officially and i see one more caller here wants to get in on twins today he is michael from minnetonka michael thank you for calling the show what's going on today
3: not too much Derek. just uh waiting for the ball game to start.
5: Love it. You had a uh, question, my, it looks like. I'm sorry.
3: I have I have kind of a question and a comment to go with it. I'm wondering what you attribute the Twins' relative collapse to this year when you compare the club from two years ago that won 101 games. It reminds me a little bit of the 2011 club that uh, really collapsed after a very good 2010 season when i think the twins won like 94 games in 2010 their first year at target field and so the i'm i'm kind of observing the 2011 versus 2010 twins with the with the uh, 2021 and 2019 twins and wondering what's your take on you know on the on this club. Collapsing like it has from such a successful year. Hmm.
5: Yeah, it's a fascinating comparison, and uh, I appreciate you calling the show, uh, uh, Michael. And actually, Michael, I will answer that, but if you would hang on the line here, so make sure that our producer can get you that final four pack of Twins tickets to the July 9th game versus the Detroit Tigers. And don't forget, I guess if you show up early, 10,000 baby blue replica jerseys courtesy of the mauer auto group on that day um the comparison i guess i'll make it a quick one is i think in 2011 it was similarly unexpected and where i'll stop the comparison is i don't think that this will lead to a five-year sort of drought if you want to call it that i i don't think this turns into the bottom falling out of the, the the twins they just have so much depth and um, I guess to make another comparison, is like injuries did play a part in that. You look up and down the, the 2011 roster, it's Drew Butera at catcher instead of Joe Maurer. You know, it's uh, Siyoshi Nishioka playing uh, meaningful games, 240 plate appearances for the Twins that year. I mean, you know, the pitching, we we, we are familiar with that pitching staff because that uh, what kind of bridge straddled the line from the, the 2010 10 twins that opened target field so successfully and then you know 11 12 and on and on it it was not a very good couple of years for twins baseball um i would say if you allow yourself to be optimistic as i do i I just don't see this turning into what it turned into then so i don't know maybe that's fair maybe that's unfair but either way michael i certainly appreciate the question and appreciate you listening to twins today um, hey, Betsy, one of the things that we uh, are wondering here, I'm sitting at Target Field and kind of start to look at the pitching and piecing it together. Of course, the Twins, DFA, Matt Shoemaker this week. We'll, we'll see a resolution on that in, in the next couple of days, I would imagine. But um, Mike Pineda is a guy who's actually uh, among the – twin starters who've who've pitched any meaningful innings has been one of their better options this year Uh, but he's hurt right now do you have an update for us uh, maybe from Rocco today or or just from being around the team when can we expect uh, big Mike to be back in a twins uniform on the mound
11: yeah, it sounds like it's coming soon. Um, it sounds like they all are comfortable with where he's at physically. Uh, I think he got up to 75 pitches in St. Paul. Results yeah. Maybe not no, what you're looking for, but physically it, it sounded like it was a kind of successful start all the way around. Um, it doesn't sound like he's going to need another rehab outing. So at this point it looks like, you know, they have two starters um lined up for the next series and I think there's a TBA for the next game and you know they haven't said it but it believed that would be his day um, trying to do the math in my head I believe that would be his day and I think it's it's possible we either see him you know that day or, or shortly after I know they said they wanted to kind of Connect with him, you know, get his input on, on how he's feeling. But it sounds like uh, they're almost ready to slot him back into the rotation.
5: Nice. Well, your your uh, mental math on the fly on the radio is much better than mine. I, I always cramp out in those situations, so I applaud your <laughs> your your work there, Betsy. Hey, uh, caller asked earlier about a Byron Buxton return, and I just gave the the you know update, the initial prognosis I heard. But it strikes me you're much closer to the situation. You've talked to Rocco every day. Have there been any updates on when we can expect bucks and asking on behalf of callers here um when he could even pick baseball activities back up
11: yeah we haven't heard much recently on him i think uh what happened when the reds were in town i think they said it was joey Votto had a similar injury and i think all told for him it was maybe around 34 days or something and i don't know if you can take somebody else's timeline and, and apply that to byron but um I think probably somewhere in that range, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. We haven't, uh, haven't heard much, uh, much recently on his status. I think once, um, once the team gets home and they're able to kind of connect with Byron, and Rocco might have you know, a little bit of a more concrete, um, update, but he's always one to kind of stay away from, from solid timelines just to not put those expectations on. But, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll be hearing more about his status soon.
5: Are we talking about the same Rocco Baldelli, you and I? <laughs> that's uh. Well, hey, I wasn't expecting a, a big substantive because that's kind of how it goes early on. If it's going to be a long period of time, you, even a beat writer, you're not getting a daily, you know, how's his, how's his pulse doing and all that. You, when we get yeah. a substantive update, uh, you'll you'll hear that from from Betsy. And by the way, our guest, if you're just joining us, is Betsy Hellfan, covers the Twins for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. You can follow her on Twitter at Betsy Helfand or find her work at TwinCities.com covering the Twins. Um, Betsy's at Kauffman Stadium. I'm at Target Field. We're wrapping up Twins today in uh, just a few moments. After this, Inside Twins with GM Thad Levine and Corey Provis then the Adana Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury. Um, Betsy, there's kind of a, you and I have been through a number of trade deadlines uh, working shoulder to shoulder, and it's kind of a weird time. When you're a good team, it's really exciting. You think about all these names that you could circle and add. What's it been like, uh, the dynamic for the Twins, knowing that some of, their, some of their good players are coming up in trade rumors now? I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, what's that like? Uh, in in the clubhouse to the extent you can discern
11: yeah it's interesting because it's certainly uh not where we expected the twins to be you know this time of year if you had asked me in march i would say they would be buyers um you know they are you know they'll they'll say something to the effect of like we're focusing on you know today and what we can try to do you know today to help the team win um I don't know how easy that is as a player to, to kind of push that out of your head when your name starts getting, you know, connected to trade rumors. Um, but that's kind of how they, I would say, projected it outwardly. But, yeah, I'm very curious. Obviously, Nelson Cruz is on an expiring contract. He's got a, you know, a few guys on an expiring contract. But uh, guys like Donaldson, you know, he, he, it's feasible he could be on the move too. So I'm, I'm more curious. To see what they wind up doing with guys who are signed, you know, through this through this season, and kind of how that will dictate, you know, their direction moving forward.
5: Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, they could really, if, if you wanted to really like blast a reset button, you got you're talking a lot of big names there: Barrios, uh, Taylor Rogers, um, gosh, even Byron Buxton, Kent Maeda. But if you just want to retool and build for next year, uh, maybe a little lower wattage trade deadline. Um, but, Betsy, we are running low on time here, so i got to let you go at Kauffman Stadium and say thank you very much for your time. Uh, I appreciate you joining Twins today, and we'll catch up with you soon.
11: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. See you soon, Derek.
5: Enjoy a ball game. Happy 4th. Bye, Betsy. That, the voice of Betsy Helfand, who does a great job covering the Twins for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. At Betsy Helfand on Twitter or TwinCities.com. You can find her work uh, in in the newspaper there or online. So that's it. Four. Twins today. Uh, fun giving away four packs of tickets to the July 9th game Twins and Tigers. We did that to uh, callers. If you're just joining us, you can catch the podcast. Go look it up online or Odyssey Platforms is where you can find that. We're building up to first pitch. Twins and Royals 1-10. Kenta Maeda, Brad Keller were the scheduled starters. Before that, you'll hear the Edina Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury. And before that, actually coming up right after this show, GM Thad Levine joins. I imagine uh, trade deadline questions may come up in that conversation as well. But I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. I've been your opening act. I feel like I'm opening for Jerry Seinfeld. That's going to do it for Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group, more than cars, here on News Talk 830-WCCO.
1: You have been listening to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group, more than cars.
4: This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.